Welcome to another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, it is time to talk about the regular season. We got a team. We got a team. (laughs) Jacksonville finally has a team together. 53-man roster, practice squad. Everything's been set. The real games start. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. We're we're almost there. And when we've talked about this team throughout training camp, and there were some, some, uh, I guess, difficult decisions along the way. We did did two. We did (laughs) Two 53-man roster predictions. And I'll just say, he beat me. I be, he just, beat me. Just barely. Look, that, I mean, when you sit down and do a 53, if you've never done one of these, it can be challenging because you're going through 90 players and you're trying to shrink it down to 53. Yep. And in the past when we've done these, the numbers tend to get a little bit more inflated. Mm-hmm. I think the first go-around, we both missed 10. The second go-around, he missed 7, I missed 6. And I think those numbers in and of themselves are kind of lend to just how established the majority of this Jaguars roster is where we were able to hit on the majority of the roster spots because there just weren't that many questions. And where there were, we kind of took a few swings in the dark. I think there were some surprises. I I didn't have Elijah Cooks making it, even though I love him as a player. I just didn't think the numbers game was in his favor. But we both also thought Garrett Prince was going to be around here in Jacksonville. And the Jaguars opted to do something different. That one hurt. That one hurt. That was was his guy. You know, that was. I was almost an extension of Garrett Prince's family during training camp. So (laughs) I was surprised at Garrett Prince. It makes sense. I was very surprised that they kept seven receivers. A little surprised at that. I did not have them keeping seven. Actually, had them down to five on my last pick, uh, my last mock, or uh, my last roster. So you know, they they carried six last year, Mm -hmm. and Kendrick Pryor was never active for a game. Nope. Um, and Tim Jones was played very sparingly in terms of an offensive target. So I said, okay, I don't see them keeping a little. more than – I mean, I thought seven was extreme, and they did. And Maybe you know, they look at Elijah Cooks as a big body similar yeah, enough to a tight end, tight end, you know? I mean, ultimately the edge between the two of us was probably my, my psychic abilities to tell you Ventro Miller was going to be on the injured reserve. Called it. Called uh, it. I've been I was saying it for weeks. People were like, how did you know that was going to happen? Look, I don't know, you know, every once in a while you know, his, you know, right? Had his little uh, voodoo doll and he was sticking him, <laughs> sticking him in the Achilles no, with look, the pen. If you want to read between the lines a little bit, and sometimes we do, if you want to read in that gray area, technically speaking, Doug Peterson didn't say he tore his Achilles. He said Ventrell Miller injured his Achilles and is going to be done for the season. Mm-hmm. Could he have sprained it? Sure. Yeah. Does that end your season? No. So it, you want to read between the lines a little bit? He it, injured it. He didn't tear it. He it probably it. saved a, a guy like Shaq Quarterman Definitely. a roster spot. Yeah. And that was kind of an, an area you and I had conversations about during our last um, training camp practice yep. at the field. You know, And you had the suggestion of Jags were going to get rid of Ventrell Miller. He was not going to make the final roster, yep. which he didn't. And he actually goes on IR um, with that Achilles injury, not a tear, not a rupture, anything like that. It's just an injury. And to me, in, in both of my roster projections, I did not have Shaquille Quarterman making the roster. And Ventrell Miller was, for me, the guy that um, was the kind of the separator there. So You're not going to be welcome at Oakland it, this year. I know, I know. It makes sense <laughs> to me that Ventrell Miller would make it and Shaq would not. But that injury, that was talked about early in camp that, right. uh, you know, people in the Jaguars media thought that Ventrell could start the year on – injured reserve, the pup list or something like that because right. he had not been practicing with the foot. And it turned out to be almost prophetic that something like that did happen to Ventrell Miller. So he'll miss his rookie season. Disappointing because I think he, he gave a little something, but he's been banged up. Yeah. Um, and Shaq, Quarterman makes it. I To me, that was a little bit of a surprise, but the injury with Ventrell was 
really kind of the, the line of delineation between those two. So maybe if you could grade on a curve or something for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Shaq Quarterman makes it. That was a surprise to me going into those uh, to that final preseason game. And Elijah Cooks, I think, was the surprise as well. All right, so as things shook out, I think uh, we're definitely dealing with a, a few more things. I think we got to talk injury news today. Mm -hmm. Cooper Hodges put on injury reserve for the Jaguars. But more importantly, Devon Hamilton. Uh, he had the back injury. They said it was a non-football-related back injury. Didn't happen at practice. They were trying to figure out what the deal was. Doug Peterson said Devon would be back in the building. And now Devon's on injured reserve. Now, what does that mean? That ultimately means because they put him on injured reserve after roster cuts that Hamilton can be is just inactive for a minimum of four weeks so the minimum of the first month of the season then the Jaguars could reactivate him so we know he's going to be down for at least that first stretch of games mm -hmm. and then we'll see when Devon is ready to get back out on the field if he is able to get back out on the field for the Jaguars this season this is a big blow yeah big uh, this, is, this is a tough one to swallow because I know a lot of people may not understand just how valuable Devon is for what he does for the defensive line, but he does that dirty work. Right. I mean, he controlled the line of scrimmage. He did a lot of different things in the running game, freeing up guys like Foye Aluakun to go out there and make tackles. Right. So, I mean, this is a big blow for that defense. And, again, that's a guy that they like. Devon Hamilton is, is almost the quintessential Jaguars draft pick right. where you want to draft a guy, develop him, pay him that big second contract. Devon Hamilton did exactly what you needed to do, exactly the blueprint for Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, draft and develop, even though Doug yep. didn't draft him, but draft and develop and pay him that second contract. And Devon Hamilton, huge contract in the offseason, very well earned, coming off a career year, has right. had an exceptional training camp. And when you saw Devon on the practice field, he was the best player on that defensive line, no question about it. So he's your best run guy, he's your best guy at, at setting that line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And... He's not there for at least a month of the season. On the flip side of that, you're coming off a good training camp with a guy like Jeremiah Ledbetter right. who could kind of come in and, and give you those reps. So you're hoping that with the loss of Devon for at least four weeks, first month of the season, you could have a guy like Jeremiah Ledbetter. How will that preseason translate to the regular season? We see this all the time where guys have great preseasons. You mm -hmm. never hear from them in the regular season. So um, how will that happen? And I think it's going to be a by-committee approach with, yes. with Devon at this point now. There's no guy to um, to, to really get in and, and replace that girth and that production. Right. But I'm liking Jeremiah Ledbetter, what we saw from him. It's going to be a team team mentality to replace him. Adam Gostas, Jeremiah Ledbetter are going to be the guys that are going to be looked to to fill that void. I mean, Ledbetter, according to Pro Football Focus, was one of the top-rated run mm -hmm. defenders during the preseason. And keep in mind, just because you may not know his name doesn't mean that he's not a good NFL player. Jeremiah Ledbetter is a Super Bowl champion. He won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, and I'm almost positive he was a starter for that team. He played a lot of snaps for them, a big role. That's part of the reason why Mike Caldwell wanted to get mm -hmm. him here to Jacksonville. Jeremiah likes to say he was here before Mike, yeah. but, you know, hey. And, um, and what you like to say is you almost call this maybe as a maybe just an agent or something. Side. But back in, <laughs> way back in the early part of this year, yeah. you were kind of on the Jeremiah train, and I talk, you talked to Brinson Buckner, and Buckner said, man, watch out for Jeremiah Ledbury. Sure I remember you came back to work one day and said, Man, Buck talking about Jeremiah Ledbetter blowing up. And yeah. I think he made your early roster, your early 53, man. Yeah. And, man, he has had a hell of a preseason. He has justified that spot and in, in what Brentson Buckner talked about. Mm -hmm. It's been a great preseason. I like Jeremiah Ledbetter. I've been watching him ever since you said that back <laughs> in, in March or so. And he has been phenomenal. So I don't feel as bad about Devon 
loss. It's a big loss, but I like Jeremiah Ledbetter. If I throw out enough wild stuff every once in a while, something will stick to the wall. You know what I mean? You throw out enough hot takes, you throw enough pasta at the wall, something sticks. Yeah, that's uh, right. So, so every once in a while. But, yeah, I think Ledbetter can, can help to fill this void, and ultimately the Jaguars would like him even once Devon gets back to be able to kind of be a part of that rotation to keep everybody fresh down the stretch. So with the games right around the corner, we're not quite to the point where we want to start talking about the Colts. Uh, but we're looking at this roster, and one of the things that keeps sticking out to me, and I think we've talked about it a lot on the podcast and over the course, is just how talented the Jaguars' offense is. Uh, when you look at it, and keep in mind, Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl, and you look at that Eagles team, and you look at this Jaguars' offense, and I'm like, every time I look at it, it's like, I don't know that Doug's had more offensive talent than he's ever had in his coaching career than what he has in Jacksonville right now. He does, and look it's at that. You saw that flashes of that in the Dolphins game. I mean, that Dolphins game should have been a just a route when it was one-on-ones. I mean, Tank Bigsby fumble really kept that game closer than it should have been. Offense looked so good. There was a fourth down pass to fourth and six to Christian Kirk. He gained eight, and that set up a score, a touchdown. Travis Etienne ran well. Tank Bigsby outside of the fumble. He ran well. The great catch by Calvin Ridley. We've scratched the surface to seeing what he brings to this offense. And yes, it is a dynamic offense when you consider what Jacksonville's had. Now, I think there are some spots. I think there are a spot on the offensive line. I, I don't know um, with Tyler Shatley, how his health is. We haven't seen him in a while mm-hmm. coming back. So I do think there are a couple question marks, but I'm. It's it's the best offense on paper that I've seen in quite some time for Jacksonville. If I had one point of concern after watching the Jaguar starters, especially on offense through the preseason, it'd be the turnover. So the Jaguars starters played five drives through the preseason. Two of them ended in turnover. So that only left you with three drives left to work with. Not exactly the percentage that you want. Turnovers can definitely derail things, but take that with a grain of salt. Trevor Lawrence threw an interception in the first game on what he knows was a bad pass and a bad decision. And then Tank Bigsby fumbles the ball. Those are not two things that I think are going to be epidemics throughout right. the offense or are going to be themes, but that is something that you can kind of take with a grain of salt from the preseason. While there have been spectacular plays that we love to see, there were also those two things. And keep in mind that Jaguar starters only played five drives, so you ended nearly half of them with turnovers, right. and which is less than ideal. It's not ideal, but again, I think when you look at that, you look at the you know, Trevor and Doug both said, hey, ball slipped out of my hand. It wasn't a great throw. You wonder if he overthrew him or underthrew him. And uh, no, Trevor just said it was a bad throw on my part. The other one, the Tank Bigsby fumble, because things are going to happen. But again, you you take six or seven off the board right Mm -hmm. there by that fumble. So yes, there were uh, little, you know, little spots where you say, okay, you've got to do better than that. But, you know, two fumbles in five drives, not ideal. I do think that it, Trevor just it, Trevor is different, and it, it's he looks different as a player. He's bigger. He's more confident. Some of the throws he's had, the rapport with Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. is there already. Um, and I think Trevor's growth, his maturity, uh, his smarts and everything are going to make the difference this year. We're not going to see him throwing four interceptions no, in a game too many times. No, throwing no, end zone no, no. interceptions like he did in that London game last year. So I think the, the Trevor knowledge going in year two of Doug Peterson mm-hmm. makes so much of a big deal about year two in Doug Peterson's system. And I think Trevor, we're going to see that when that starts Indianapolis week one. So that that week one game is going to be a big one. It's kind of a tone setter. The biggest question mark is also that that's the beginning of year two for Trayvon Walker. Now, right. before we wrap up this podcast, because I don't want to get too much into the Colts because we can do that next week. Uh, 
I want to talk about this Jaguars pass rush because that is the spot that everybody's pinned to pin mm. in, and they're like, oh, every edge that becomes available, Chris Jones, oh, oh, <laughs> is a, can, can a Bosa brother come to Jack? You know, look, I get it. You know, all right, we got Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. You got two guys that the Jaguars are going to have to put their faith into, and ultimately, the question that we're going to pose, at least right now, is if you have to pick one of those two that you think is not going to live up to expectations this year, because there are lofty expectations for both of them, uh, who do you think that is? I'm going to say Trayvon. You think Trayvon doesn't live up I, to the expectations? I think expectations. Trayvon. Okay. I think with, with Josh Allen, his penetration last year, the amount of pressure he put on the quarterback, one of the best guys in the league at getting in that backfield. And at some point, this is year five, he's going to start finishing those plays. It's a contract year for Josh. He's got help with Trayvon. When Devon Campbell gets back, I think that'll be nice for Josh. But I think Josh is highly motivated. Um, and yes, we have, we've seen the flickers and the flashes with Josh, but I think what we saw last year with him getting so close on so many occasions, the stats backed it up. He was disruptive, mm -hmm. top 10 of the league at getting to the quarterback, but he just didn't finish. So you'll probably say Josh, but I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Trayvon angle. I'm going to say Josh puts it all together this year and finishes a lot of those pressures that he had last year. He just did not he just did not finish those off. He had quarterback in the grasp, had, you know, forced quarterback out of the pocket. So I'm going to say um, if one of those two, I'm going to say, disappoints me, I'm going to say Trayvon because I think he's going to be more of that natural uh, guy, hand in the dirt kind of position. So I think Josh Allen finishes those plays this year that he didn't last year. This worked out perfectly. Didn't plan this, by the way, and you <laughs> definitely ran my mind. I'm a Trayvon Walker believer. I think I'm more of a pass rush believer for Trayvon than the average person is. I seriously 100% think Trayvon Walker, if Trayvon doesn't get 10 sacks this season, I will be surprised. I think that much of him, I think there's going to be a difference in this year, too. I'm saying 10 sacks, double-digit sacks for Trayvon this year. Okay. If a guy disappoints me, I think it's Josh Allen. I just don't know if this is a guy that has it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there, there are guys that have all the athletic ability in the world, but they just don't have that it. And Josh Allen appears to be that to me. We saw the flash as a rookie, and ever since then, everybody's been chasing that number. And it's, I, at this point, it feels like Mount Everest. It's yeah. a spot that he can't get back to because at that time, he had a dominant guy on the other side of him. Calais Campbell was, like, unstoppable. And nobody was worried about him. So Josh was able to do what Josh does. But it just doesn't – he's not Batman. Right, it's I, like I we talked it. about before, and I just – I don't think he has that it factor that he needs, that, that ability to finish those plays, that, that aggressiveness that you need a defensive player to have. And I know he's in a contract year, and this is a big one for him, and the Jaguars have to figure out what they're going to do mm -hmm. because, you know, somebody's probably going to pay this guy. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it right now. I don't think it would be in the best interest for the Jaguars to be that team because he's going to command a big contract just because yeah. the numbers are just good enough. He has enough athletic ability. He is a great guy off the field, great human being that teams are going to look at and say, I can get him to 13 yeah. sacks. Every, de every defensive coordinator in the league is going to be like, that guy, give him here. I like, I'm going to get him there. I don't know that someone can. I just, there are some guys that have it and it just never comes together. There's just that one missing piece. And I think he's that guy. And that and that makes sense. And in, in, in no way am I saying that I don't think Trayvon is going to justify I do think Trayvon is is going to eventually be a 10-sack-a-year guy. I don't know if it's this year. I do think he, I, you know, three and a half last year, <laughs> I do think he, he goes up and he's eight, nine-sack this year guy. I just think Josh Allen, 
Yes, I, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Does he have it? Does he have that killer instinct, that bend the edge and and finish the quarterback? And uh, Josh, a nice guy. Yes, he he's a nice guy. Does I he don't want to say that about my defensive guy. <laughs> so, like, like the Jaguars have some nice guys, but they're most of them. You can see it. Like, I, Roy Robertson Harris, one of the nicest guys in the Jaguars locker room. Great dude to talk to. But you can also see the, that little bit with him where you're like, I don't want to make him mad. It was like, like same thing with Calais Campbell. Nicest guy. Walter Payton award winner. But you always kind of could see, like, I don't want to know what happens when he gets mad. And, you know, like, Josh, I just don't see him yeah, with that, I, like, that switch that flips where you're like, I don't know what happens to that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's... That's that it that you that's part of it. Like Trayvon, you can see it, you're like, I don't know, I don't wanna be on his bad side. And that makes you know? and that and makes sense. Difference. I I just think that Josh the nat he's a natural athlete, he gets yes. the quarterback so well, and I'm I'm banking on him finishing the plays that he left on the field last year. I mean, so he's, not, he's, he's not a Caleb on chase on. He's not a, a, a guy like that who just still can't figure it out. Josh has got all the tools. He's got the moves. He's got the pressures. He just needs to finish that off. He's a fifth-year guy in the league. Um, and I think Trayvon, I, I think Jacksonville could have Josh with 12 sacks this year, Trayvon with nine, I, I, Trayvon with 10. I think those two guys this year take that next step. But I think – if I'm if I'm picking a guy, I think Josh has so much riding on this season. He was there last year. He's not like a guy who's you know just still trying to figure the position out. He was there many 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 times last year. And that's and the you, part that worries me though. So somebody told me this over the off season while we were talking. They said the hardest thing to fix is the ability to finish for a defensive guy because that end of that rep is so rarely practiced live. You do it in the game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's very few drills that can simulate what a defensive guy needs to do to make that turn and then bring down the quarterback. And that's part of the reason why there's some guys that are good at it and some guys that just aren't. And so for Josh to go from a guy who has not been good at that for a resume at this point of time to flip the switch and turn into a, a guy who can get past just being a pressure guy and being a guy who's going to finish, that's going to be difficult. And I... He, in order for it to happen, I think maybe maybe a, a good push on the interior helps because then that yep. that that changes the angle for him. But he just hasn't been able to be a guy, and that is a tough thing to fix. And I'm just I don't know if he can fix it. He's not to me. He's not a, a Caleb on. He's not. Oh no no, 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 no. He's not. He's never had it. I think Josh is will get there this year eventually, and I think he's going to have. Such a good season. He's going to price himself way out of Jacksonville's price range. Uh, Trayvon is the future, and, and hopefully uh, Sierra Abdullah is the future as well. Um, if Josh breaks out and doesn't come back in Jacksonville next year and price himself up, maybe. Well, they Sierra franchise Abdullah? tag him. If, it, if, it, if everything's perfect, they franchise tag him. Is he a guy you would be willing to franchise tag at this point right now, knowing what you know about Josh and banking on? Is he a guy where you say, okay, would I? Yeah, would you? Would I, if you're Trent Baalke. If I'm Trent Baalke, the, the, most, the longest extent that Josh Allen would be in Jacksonville would be possibly one more franchise tag. I, what I would do, and this is me all uh, thinking 10 steps ahead, this next offseason, I would bring in his replacement. I think Yasir's fine, uh, and Yasir could possibly be his replacement, but I need to see him going into year two, and I'd bring in another person to possibly take Yasir's role. I'd franchise tag Josh, tell Josh, look, you're going to be here one more year. We might trade you at the deadline if our young guys are hitting stride and ready to rock. But at the minimum, you're here. I'm not handing you that. I wouldn't hand him the long-term deal. I think he's a great person. There's no red flags off the field. Nice guy. I just don't feel like, like if you're going to invest $100 million in cap space into somebody, 
you need to know what you're going to yeah. get on the field. Of course. And the Jaguars have enough young players that need to get paid. Tyson Campbell. Like, would you take Josh Allen over Tyson Campbell? No. Would you take Josh Allen over Andre Sisco? I don't know. That's that's tough. That that's a tough one. That's but tough but one. think about if Andre Cisco goes out this year and has a similar year or even takes another step because last year was his first year as right. a starter. So I mean, Cisco will be cheaper. and Cisco is going to be significantly, significantly cheaper because cheaper. safeties are right. are devalued. So I mean, if jo- if Josh is a hundred million and Cisco's forty, which one are you taking? Forty. Yeah, it's no brainer. So you know what I mean. Devin Lloyd isn't that far down the pipeline. I know we're still real early on him, but there are enough guys on this team that are going to be up for extension right. soon. Keep in mind, Trevor's got to get paid. Uh, Travis Etienne. You want Travis Etienne? I know you got his maybe his replacement in the building, but Travis at. $30 million for over three or four years or Josh Allen for 100 for five. Yeah, like, there's the, definitely questions, the, yeah. These are question marks that you got to have, and he, you want the real big one that really dollars and cents? Do you pay Calvin Ridley or do you pay Josh Allen? Who do you feel better about having long term? Yeah, probably Calvin, depending so, on how that season unfolds with Trevor. So, sure, yeah, it's, but it's that, true. And that's and the thing, that, you, that it, you ultimately, when you have a young team with ascending talents, these are the questions you got to start and, asking. And I think it really boils down to, does the light switch go on for Josh? Sure. Is he a 15-sack-a-year guy after the season? But do you that worry guy? that it's a flash in the pan? It could be. Because that's the question. When you have an ascending team with players whose lights are coming on and they're just reaching their peak, and you know you have money down the way, and you almost have to think about it like the NBA. One really bad contract derails that, and all of a sudden, this guy was the difference between you keeping a Tyson Campbell or mm-hmm. keeping the band together. You know what I mean? So uh, those pieces, every deal matters. Like I'll be the first person to tell you the salary cap is a mythical number that doesn't necessarily exist, but it does exist at the same time in the sense of, these dollars and cents are real, yeah. and the salary cap is a fixed number. There are ways to manipulate it, which is what makes it fictional, but it is de- still definitely difficult to maneuver around. So the Trent Baalke and, and the staff has to be wise right. with who they hand out big deals to. Yes, they do, so. and and maybe the light switch comes on for Josh. I'm yeah. betting it does come on this year. I think this is the year, and I think optimistically they're going to have a difficult decision at the end if he's a 12 15 sack a year guy do we right. pay him they got tyson campbell coming up we got to pay too do you franchise a tyson i mean so there are some questions and walker little yeah walker you're, you're you're getting to the point in this you know we're fast forwarding quite a bit but you're looking down the line and you've got multiple guys multiple starters on this team that are going to be a in line for a franchise tag b in line for a significantly lucrative extension walker right. little and if he comes out and he's a blockbuster starter and Tyson Campbell, too. I mean, of those three, I think Tyson Campbell's the biggest one. You, you can't. And then Calvin Ridley as well. We're looking down the line kind of far, but at the same time, we're not. Because keep in mind, more than likely, Trevor's getting an extension next offseason. So all of a sudden, you go from a quarterback on this cheap, really, deal to a mega deal. Yeah. Because that's when quarterbacks have been getting their deals done. If he goes out and has the season we're expecting... His agent's going to come up calling. Hey, Trent, how are you doing? How's the family? By the way, we want our money. You know what I mean? So uh, it's going to be interesting. It is a wild ride. Hopefully, Josh has a great season, and then this becomes a serious problem for the Jaguars because a good season for him, a good season for Trayvon, possibly means a trip to Vegas, which is what we're banking on, right? So, uh, look, we'll start talking about the Colts game and some future episodes of the News for Jags podcast. That'll wrap us up for now. Uh, You can always find more stuff over on newsforjags.com, and we'll see you next time.